When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. Cork Today. With J.P. McNamara on C103. Cork's greatest And on Storm Francis, which is at the moment crossing Cork, we are going to experience those high winds. And at the moment, they have reached the west coast of Cork uh, in the Ardgroom, Casatambear, Kilkerhan, Goline, Skull areas, Baltimore. They're all experiencing high winds at the moment. That will cross Cork. All of us will feel the high winds, but the coast will experience the worst of those. It will move on across the day then uh, towards South Cork and East Cork, areas like Cork McSherry, Kinsale, Cloyne, Ballymacoda, Yall and into West Waterford so we will have a very windy afternoon and the peak of that is due to hit uh, roughly from around 11 until late afternoon but you will notice the winds picking up across the morning a yellow wind warning in place for Cork uh, across the day here from Met Aaron but good morning to you our lines are open 1850-333-103 both Bernie and Sadie taking your calls this morning or indeed you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103 you can email JP at c103.ie or you can always tweet us at C103 Cork and ahead on this morning's programme yet again uh, another storm as I mentioned Storm Francis but that has brought more flooding overnight to the various areas of the county we heard earlier on of a landslide uh, on a road near Killavullen and then over 50 properties in Bantry were affected by flood damage last night extensive flooding in the square New Street Bridge Street and Main Street in Bantry and one town with all the works going on, thought flooding might be something of the past. It's not. Uh, intense localised downpours in Bandon last night then led to flooding between 11pm and 3am. Flooding in the usual locations in Bandon where it always starts in and around Bridge Street and Brady's Lane. Now it's been cleared since and Bandon is open for business this morning but because of the flood relief works which have been going on there for the last number of years, many businesses this morning have contacted us asking, first of all very angry but also saying questions need to be answered on this. Why did the parts of the town flood again overnight when we were assured with this particular flood scheme they say that it would not happen again. 
Now, what has happened, uh, businesses, not all, but some have had water again in their stores. They're cleaning up and some are clean and opening again this morning for business. But many of those stayed up all night to watch the floodwaters in case it would get higher and ruin their particular stores. And I know there's underground pumps in under the, the shops and on, on the, obviously on the ground um, under the stores to pump out the water that does come up via drains they seemingly anyway they didn't work or they weren't switched on and, and questions about that and we'll try and get to the bottom of those across the morning on what exactly happened I mean uh, despite all the work that was done there in Bandon and it's obvious if you drive through the town, if you're from the town, you'll be right, well aware of the work that has happened there and the disruption that's been caused over the last number of years to locals and to businesses. Uh, you would hope this would not happen, but is it a case, no matter what they do, because the way the town is built and for anybody who's from the area, anybody who grew up in Bandon over the years will realise there actually is tunnels under part of the town. And is it a way that can you stop the water that creeps under the town? Can you stop that from coming up? Is that what those particular pumps were meant to do and they didn't do that? Anyhow, questions need to be answered and we'll get to those across the morning. We'll hear from those businesses affected again and who are upset at what has happened overnight. Elsewhere, the council has said there's been flooding also in Dunmanway, in Rothcarbury, in Clonakilty, in Drummaleague, in Lep, in Ballady Hub, in Passage West and in Yall. And the Formoyalist Moor Road, someone asking, that is passable yet again uh, following flooding earlier on this morning. So we'll be discussing that on the show this morning. Also, it's not going to go away, Golfgate and more coming out from Phil Hogan. Again, you could not write this. Uh, the EU Trade Commissioner, he is being squeezed now by both Dublin and Brussels over his involvement in attending the Iraq Golf Society dinner last week because it has emerged since that he made a second visit to Kildare during its lockdown. He now uh, gave a report uh, over the weekend to the European Commission but last night sources indicated that Mr Hogan will not be responding to a demand by Antishoch Michal Martin to give full explanation of his movements leading up to that particular visit to Galway. Uh, he yesterday confirmed that he had made a second visit to Kildare in recent days during lockdown. He said his reason for making another visit was to collect his belongings from his apartment ahead of an early morning departure to Brussels. Now it had emerged of course that uh, the Commissioner Hogan, he had visited at Kildare home, his home in Kildare before uh, the particular golf event. This was to collect personal belongings and work documents while he was there first time round. He was stopped by Gardy and we all know he was uh, using a mobile phone. So while he was driving using the phone, he was cautioned by Gardy. Again, uh, the Taoiseach Michal Martin has demanded another full explanation about his movements because of those restrictions that were in place and imposed on Kildare. Uh, and some are asking the question, is he he did say he was collecting work documents. Does that come under the essential travel that, that that we're all being told? If you're working, you are able to go to and from your workplace or do your work-related items. Will he be claiming that he can use that line to enter in and out of Kildare? Or is it totally wrong? But pressure now coming on him uh, to consider his position in the European Commission. And also outside of that, you have farming groups who've been in touch with us and we might not get to speak to them all today, but certainly later on in the week, uh, farming groups who say because of what is happening with Brexit, because of the negotiations that are going on regarding trade and Brexit and discussions with the UK, that we need someone 
at the table from Ireland and they would rather he stay until maybe after everything calms down with Brexit and then look at his position but for the moment they rather that he would stay so your view on that should he stay should he go 1850 333103 text or WhatsApp 086 or do you agree uh, with the farming groups who say we're better off to leave from there now see what happens over the course of the next number of weeks regarding these negotiations and it could be a benefit to Ireland. Maybe we're, we're reacting too fast and we should leave things the way they are. What are your view on that regarding this particular situation when it comes to the negotiations and Europe regarding Commissioner Hogan? Of course, also another man who was in attendance uh, and a lot of questions are being asked of the Supreme Court Judge Seamus Wolfe who attended the Gulf Society dinner as well. A review is to be conducted by Miss Justice Susan Denham at the request of the court headed by current Chief Justice Frank Clark. Now this move is unprecedented and it's a sign judges on the court have recognised the winding disquiet there has been over the issue. So that's something new and hasn't been done before. People asking for him also to resign. He hasn't said much as yet and of course you'd be well aware of the RTE broadcaster Sean O'Rourke also at that event. He seemingly was supposed to do more shows, shows with RTE. Uh, he has retired, of course, from his main show he was doing weekdays, but he was seemingly to do another weekend show with the state broadcaster, but he uh, now has parted ways with RTE and will not be doing any further shows with them uh, following him attending uh, that particular golf dinner as well in Galway. Uh, so that's for discussion as well across the show this morning. Also, uh, concerns on the waiting list for surgeries here in the Cork area, particularly those who are waiting for cataract operations. We're going to speak with the well-known advocate for the the elderly here in Cork, that is Paddy O'Brien, and why he welcomes services like the cataract bus which travels to Belfast. He says many of those who wish to travel are just too weak and they can't go on that particular journey to Belfast, so they rely on the local system here in Cork. But if it's a knee operation, a hip operation or cataracts, uh, Paddy feels at this stage the waiting list is too long. And for those who can't travel to Belfast, they're left waiting on these lists for a number of years. He says it's unfair and something has to happen that we can't rely on these buses going to Belfast all the time. Something needs to be done locally. We'll speak to Paddy this morning on that issue. We're going to hear from Ireland's only wooden cargo sailing ship, which is currently on its voyage. Not sure where they are now with the storm, but we'll check in with them later, hopefully. And we're going to hear why residents on the magazine road want landlords and agents to include a clause of no house parties in letting agreements ahead of the new college year. So that and more to come between now and one. And your calls and comments as always welcome. 1850-333-103. Bernie and Sadie taking your calls this morning. Or indeed text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Good morning to you. John Paul McNamara with you until one with Cork today. Bernie and Sadie taking your calls. 1850-333-103. I mentioned Storm Francis crossing the county at the moment. And I did mention the strong winds that were hitting the West Cork coast. They are going to, uh, we'll all feel the winds it will be across the county but the coastal areas are going to get uh, the real battering when it comes to this particular storm high winds at the moment uh, reaching Castletown Bear, Art Groom and then moving along the coast uh, over the course of the day and into the afternoon they'll go along South Cork to Kinsale, Court McSherry and to Ballymacoda and Yall but at the moment uh, there's gusts of over 100 kilometres an hour being recorded off the West Cork coast and the Fastnet Lighthouse uh, has a gust of 120 
12 kilometres an hour over the last uh, few minutes so that's the intensity of the storm off the coast at the moment and also reports coming in to us that the main Skibberine road from Bantry that's flooded and now impassable uh, if you're in that particular direction it seems to be flooded at Cara on that particular road also the German League road is flooded too but that is passable but just be careful on the Skibberine road from Bantry it's flooded at the moment and the German League road flooded too uh, but is passable uh, so if you've come across anything on the roads like that let us know uh, when it's safe to do so text or WhatsApp 86 103 and just something I want to bring to your attention we've been discussing this on the show from April into early May and it's now something that has spread right across Cork started on the North Cork Limerick border uh, but all over Cork now we're experiencing this whereby people are calling to your home at strange times in the morning or in the evening asking strange questions and a lot of them are to do with pets or they're trying to figure out if you have a dog in your home and you know what I'm talking about it is those gangs which are going around stealing dogs anyhow I've uh, got a, a lot of emails overnight from the McCroom area one person saying I want to raise awareness on this and you have discussed this on the show before I had a mysterious man call to a home yesterday morning at quarter past eight now they were disguised as a woman and acting very suspiciously so I did report them to the Gardaí uh, who said they were going looking into this and it was probably in relation uh, to dogs and people looking uh, for dogs and calling to areas around McCroom. This was in the Raleigh South area or the Raleigh South area of McCroom and the car was a purple purple hatchback car 182C purple hatchback car. A man disguised as a woman in the Raleigh area of McCroom yesterday morning so be careful if you're getting those type of callers in the McCroom area next though we're going to hear about the flooding that took place last night in Bandon and Bantry and why indeed after all the works that were carried out in Bandon uh, does it still flood discussing that next Record today on C103 text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment 086 Now, a number of businesses in Bantry were hit with flooding last night. And again, this morning, we're hearing of businesses in Bandon who were flooded. Despite the works done in Bandon over the last number of years, parts of the town flooding overnight. And I know last week we had flooding in the Skibberine area and the senator, Tim Lumbert, has called on an inquiry following flooding in Skibberine. Tim joins me this morning. Good morning to you, Tim. Good morning. Will you be asking for an inquiry now into what happened in Bandon following what has happened overnight and given the amount of works that have gone on in the town causing a lot of disruption over the last number of years? Yeah, well, there's definitely clarity required. Um, like I'm in Bandon at the moment, I've met most of the, the traders that have been affected. Look, we've had a multi-million euro flood defense scheme put in place. Bandon has been ripped apart over the last 10 years and it's really getting back on its feet. And since the, the terrible floods of 2009, and the first thing I'd like to say is, like, Bandit is now open for business. Like, every shop is open. The traders have worked through the night. Like, I was talking to Hickdown and Hickey's news agent. They didn't go to sleep at all. They actually were there all night to make sure they're actually open and running. So Bandit is actually open and running. Um, what happened here last night, we need to find out exactly what happened. Uh, to think that we had flooding in Bridge Street, in Lower South Main Street, in Brady's Lane again. Um, is very, very disturbing. Like, what happened here in the last storm we had about four or five days ago, there's been so many storms that was hard to keep them all going, was the, the water came to a certain level, the pumps kicked in, and the pumps pumped the water straight to the Bandon River. For some reason last night, that did not happen. And the flooding that happened, or the, the 
happened in those locations was quite serious, to be perfectly honest with it. Like, there were 70,000 gallons of water pumped out either by slurry tanker or by monster drains, monster drain services at 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock and 3 o'clock this morning. Only for that water being pumped out of the town itself, the devastation done to those businesses would have been unbelievable, you know. And do we know why the particular pumps didn't activate last night? I mean, I presume there's some sensor or something there that yeah. they do activate with. I mean, why did they not kick in? And yeah, so, if that is the case, is that a worry for the future? If they didn't work last night, could this happen again? Yeah, and I think that's the question that needs to get answered. And I've actually, you know, I'm trying to contact you UPW all morning and I've actually same phone tag with the OPW about this issue. What traditionally happens is the water flows into containment tanks. They go to a certain level. The pumps kick in and then the pumps pump the water into the Bandon River. Traditionally, Bandon rarely gets flooded from the river itself. It comes up through the drains and it comes down through the actual road network. So it's very rarely the banks that river Bandon break and flood the town. It's more fluval flooding itself that affects Bandon. So we need to have a system safe that pumps the water from the drains into the Bandon River. And that's what the actual main drainage scheme has been all about. Unfortunately, what happened here last night at half past 12 was when those drains were becoming full and going to the actual containment tank, we didn't have those pumps kicking in. Now, whether they weren't switched on, whether they weren't connected, I actually don't have the answers yet. If happens in the morning, I will get those answers before the day is out because... Like the OPW were very in Skibbereen. They were on to me straight away saying, just lost in our fault in Skibbereen. 19 parts of Skibbereen project were theirs. The one part that caused the problem was a Kirkland Council one. There was a grate there that wasn't fitted. So the OPW were very fast to come back that time. I'm hoping they'll come back twice as fast this time in Bandon to give clarity into what actually happened here in Bandon last night. Yeah, and also if the pumps are not working the way they should be, can there be a manual override as in can someone somewhere press a button if they don't switch on automatically that they can be manually switched on somewhere? And also with Bandon and anybody who would have grown up in the town, especially going way back, I'm talking about maybe the 50s, 60s, early 70s, those people would always tell you that you can actually at one time on a good summer in Bandon walk under parts of the town. There was actually big tunnels under some parts of the town. And you wonder, I would presume engineers working on this particular project would have known that. So that would have been taken into account that uh, this was all thought of ahead of the particular works. Yeah, like, you know, there were some shops that got flooded completely off deck, like Kevin Bowen's out, the water came up nearly through the floors. Like, you'd be worried, have they actually connected everything together? Like, Bandon's a really old settlement, just so many drainage networks going through over many years of, you know, new settlements been formed here. I wonder how they connected everything up together. And that is a worry at the moment. But we need clarity from the OPW. We need it very, very quickly. This weather for the last 10 days has been very erratic. I don't think it's going to settle at the moment. Like, the people Bandon want to know if we did have another rain episode in the next few hours, what will happen? Will the actual pumps kick in? Was there an issue? Or what was the issue? Okay, stay there, Tim, because uh, one business who has been affected this morning and also over the last number of years is Linehan's Menswear on South Main Street in Bandon. And owner Con Linehan joins me. Good morning to you, Con. Good morning. How are you? How are I'm, you keeping? I'm fine, Sean thanks, Con. I've been here to you for a while. How are you keeping? I'm, I'm fine, Con, and yourself? Not too bad, darling. Okay, bad, this morning, Con, tell me, you you again woke, woke up or, or were up early last night yeah. uh, and your shop flooded. How many times at this stage has your store flooded? Well, in my time now, I'm here 20, 
26 years, right? And in my time, it's flooded three times, four times. And in the past week, two times. And you don't have access to flood insurance now, no, considering no, what has no, happened? No, 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 nothing like that. No, but we were, last night, no, I would like to thank everybody that helped me in fairness. They were here at half past 11. We were all, lifted up all the stock. And the back uh, place got destroyed, all right, and the carpets got destroyed. So they were they were a good help to me. One particular person in, in, in John Collins, I'd like to thank him. And um, my own son, Adrian, was very good as well, you know. And uh, what the stock you had there, was that damaged last night? The stock, no. None of our stock no. was um, damaged. There was nothing like that at all, but it was just the carpets. Well, I lifted everything up uh, one, uh, maybe one foot, you know. And Con, as you mentioned, you don't have flood insurance, so any damage you'll have to pay for yourself. I mean, you have been working over the last number of years with the disruption going on in Bandon with the flood relief works, and you're still flooding in your store. You must be very angry this morning, and like many others, you must be looking for questions and answers on what's happening. Yeah, we are wondering what's happened. We thought, oh, good COVID, we were told we could sleep in our beds and everything would be fine. And, you know, it was grand night, and you needn't have to worry anymore about flooding or anything, and we thought that everything was fine. But it's coming up to shores in the past couple of flooding. And And business, I mean, you are obviously going to open today, are you? Well, we will try and do our best. We'll we'll, we'll stay, if we can, we'll we'll keep our door open anyway, you know. But uh, with the disruption with traffic over the last number of years, the flooding previous to that, and now this again today, it must be very hard for you, Con, looking at your business. I can hear the you're upset because you've been you're one of the longest in business in Bandon over the years. Anybody who grew up in the town con will always know of the Nathan's Menswear and previous you worked in other uh, stores in the town. So you're well known. If you're a long established business, and for this to happen for you to be this upset, it's it's not on, is it? No, it's not. It's not really. No, it's very very hard. No, very difficult. Um, like we did our best to keep this place going. I kept I saw my own house to keep this place going, and there I am now in the middle of it all again. You know, it's so upsetting, and I can I can only feel for you, Con, because you you put your life and, and soul into that particular store, and this just keeps happening to you, Tim. You can hear the upset there in in Con's uh, voice. This is Sinister Tim numbered on the other line. I mean, this is the reality of what's happening. Yeah, and look, I had Con chat this morning, and um, was there from one or three of them, and you know, like every shopkeeper I met, and every you know coffee shop that I've been to, like there is that sense of desperation that after all they've been through over the last decade, after all the road work, all the chaos, that it's after happening again. And I think that's the real issue. It has happened again. Um, I think the traders have been fantastic. Every shop and door, the doors are open this morning. But I just think we need to get answers on how the actual OPW can actually stand over a scenario after multi-million euros been spent. And we now have um, flooding again abandoned. Okay, and and for you, Con, I mean, as as you say, this has happened to you so many times. If this was to happen again in the next few weeks, what is that? I don't mean know if I'd get any help. I won't be able to stay open. You feel you we could close? I could close, yeah, because I couldn't. I can't retain it anymore. I'm doing the level best I can to keep this place open, and I get any help from anybody or anything. And if you get any financial help over the years when this has happened with all this humanitarian aid and funding that has come, have well, you had access okay to that? that time, yeah, but then we lost it all then again. Because the town flooded yet yeah, again. And then we had roadworks and we had everything here against us and everything and the whole that went like. And that disrupted the business because yes. people felt they could not get into the town with the level of traffic. With the it? level of traffic and everything and disrupted the business again. So you feel one more time of this and that's it? That's it, yeah, definitely. 
Okay, Conway, look, you mind yourself and we'll, we'll keep in touch over the next few weeks. Uh, but for the moment, uh, mind yourself and mind your own health as well because, uh, you know, it's, it's something you've been dealing with for a lot now over the years and I can hear the upset in your own voice. So you, you look after yourself, Con. Take care, okay, Con. That's Con Linehan there, who runs uh, Linehan's Mintwear on South Main Street in Bandon. Uh, let's go to Hilary O'Farrell. Uh, Hilary is chair of the Business Association in Bandon. Uh, Hilary, good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Uh, well, Hilary, something you'll be familiar with over the years as well is flooding in Bandon. Your own store there, Farrell's, not hit, I believe, this morning, but other areas, like you heard Con there, devastation that this has happened again. You've had the disruption with the traffic for the flood relief works over the last few years, and it appears it hasn't worked in some parts of the town. Uh, what's the feeling overall from businesses? Well, look, it's, it's very upsetting hearing Con, you know, um, I know personally, as you've just said, firsthand about the flooding, about the damage, about the mental strain of the whole thing. Um, we've been very lucky to have huge investments in the town. And genuinely, I think if we hadn't had the works done, the whole town would be flooded today. Um, so to some extent, something was working last night, but then something wasn't working that we got flooded. Um there is a lot of questions that have to be answered. You know, why Why are the drains backing up? Why are the storm drains not taking the level of water, the level of rain that's falling? You know, I I, I don't know the answers yet, but we, we have a lot of questions to ask today. Because you'll be aware the floods do come up via the drains. You've seen over yeah. the last number of years the flooding coming up via the floorboards in shops and tiles and toilets and that's, that's where the damage can be shop. done. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so with that in mind, you, you've heard, I mean, you, you and the Business Association and, and all the gang involved in that have done so much over the last number of years to promote Bandon, considering yeah. the level of work that's going on. When you hear someone like Khan, who has been working in the town since he was a young flat, set up his own business and now feels if he gets one more knock like a flood, that's it. I mean, th- that's but the last thing you want to hear from a business in the town. And like, to be honest, there's a lot of people in the same situation as Khan. None of us have flood insurance. After 2009, no no pr- property on the main street has flood insurance. If, if, if something happened like the flood of November 2009, and with these weather patterns, everything has changed. You know, the, the deluge of rain that's falling two inches in one night, it's leading to this flooding. And if that happens again in Bandon, there will be numerous businesses that won't close, won't open. You know, it's 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 very worrying and it's very stressful to try and understand why, after having this huge investment and all of this money put in, why we're under threat again of flooding. Yeah, and as you mentioned, the investment, you would wonder and you would hope that the pumps we talk about, that they are large enough to deal with this intense rainfall that we have seen overnight, but that we could see again in the future, given that Bandon more or less is a tidal river and we we see the flow down from the weir over the years. Bandon is built on a river, like there's a tributary behind behind us, the Bridewell, there's the main Bandon River underneath is all rivers running, you know, tributaries flowing to each other. And like the building on the bogs, you know, it's it, the whole scape of the town has changed. And I'm not an engineer, but surely there has to be some answer, you know, for businesses and for people that 
the, the pumps that they put in, as you said, should be able to cope with the volume of water falling or the drains. Yeah, or, stay there, know. Hilary. Uh, Tim Lumber, it's interesting, Tim Lumber remains on the other line. Tim, that's a question maybe the OPW could look into that the drains they have put in those pumps we mentioned that hopefully they are big enough now to deal with the intense rainfall we are seeing over the last number of days and what, which could come again uh, over the next few months as we head into the winter. Okay, Tim seems to be gone. We'll, we'll get back to Tim. No, I'm here. I'm oh, sorry, Tim. Yeah, yeah. On that point regarding the OPW, I mean, uh, have they thought of that and future weather patterns that we could need bigger drains under the town? I mean, I presume they thought of that and, and these drains uh, can yeah. can actually deal with the level of rainfall? Like, this actual flood scheme hasn't been actually fully opened yet. So if it's not filed at this stage, I'd be very disappointed. Like, there's been multi-million euros spent in flood relief scheme here in Bandon to say it hasn't capacity now to deal with what happened here last night would be totally inappropriate. Like, for me, this is about, you know, this is about making Bandon safe for the next 50 years minimum, you know? Like, we've spent millions on it. Did it very, very but have deep. you confidence in because it didn't work last night? Yeah, I actually am very annoyed. I'm after meeting so many of the residents and people who are so badly affected by it. I think the Oak group have answers. Actually, they need to answer questions about the pumps, who are they connected, why weren't they connected, were they actually turned on. And there has to be confidence put back into the system again. Like, traditionally, I would be calling for a public meeting with the OPW here to clear the air so they'd actually know exactly what could happen. Yeah, but, but, but Tim, reg- regarding time. meetings, I mean, Hillary made a good oh. point there, and I, I, must, I must agree with her on this. It is a tidal river. Bandon is built on the river. We have tributaries off Bandon uh, and other streams in the town. So I think the capacity issue of those new pumps they put in is something that they should be asked. Uh, can the new pumps they have installed underground, can they take an intense amount of rainfall with the way that the river flows through Bandon. Anybody who goes through the town sees the flow of the weir. Can they take that? And could that be one of the things I, that could have happened I, last night a sensor or something could have been damaged? That, that question I, does need to be asked to the OPW. It does. Well, I actually think the pumps didn't kick in last night. And I think that's the, one, one of the issues because they did kick in previously at the time we had the last storm. And you could actually see the water being literally sucked off the street. But was so, the rainfall too intense? Was it too heavy? Uh, I actually don't think it was because those pumps have a massive capacity. Like, the, the two questions that I have here are, one, was this drain network outside Hickey's and in Bridge Street itself, were they connected to the actual pumps last night and are they actually connected up to the actual network? And the second issue is, were the pumps actually turned on? So, like, these pumps are massive pumps. They're not undersized by any means, imagine. Like, they have, the, they have the capacity to put thousands of gallons of water in a very, very short space of time. Like, the issue here is, have they been connected? Has that network been connected up? And were the pumps turned on? And look, I don't want to prejudge, and I'll, I'll have the information in the next, you know, three or four hours, because, like, the OPW, like, I'll, I'll have that sorted by midday. But we need to know, were they actually installed? Were they actually turned on? I personally don't think they were talking to people. People were telling me today up in Brady's Lane and in Bridge Street that you'd hear these pumps kicking in and you'd watch the water suck away. It happened literally three or four days ago. It didn't happen last night. Okay, well, we'll see what answers we get back on that, Tim. Thank you for joining us this morning regarding that. And also, Hilary, best of luck to you uh, and the businesses in Bandon this morning, of course. Hilary, very important to note that Bandon is open for business this morning anyway as well and businesses are getting back to normal. You know, we've had an awful time over the last few years with constant construction. And while we're so grateful as a town to be getting development in the infrastructure, 
it's it's been a very difficult time for businesses and I would like to take this opportunity to thank all the customers and the people who have made the effort to come into Bandon and to please do so, continue to do so. You know, the town will only survive if people come in and support it. Exactly. Well, Hilary, for the moment, uh, thanks for joining us and best of luck there to yourself and all. And we'll see what we get uh, over the course of the day and the reasoning why the town flooded in some areas last night. Hilary O'Farrell there, uh, part of the Bandon Business Association, chair of the Bandon Business Association. Your views are welcome. 1850-333-103. Text on WhatsApp 086-2103-103. People looking uh, for the council to comment. We have been in touch with Cork County Council. We're hoping that an engineer from the council will join us on the show this morning but we'll go to Bantry next You're listening to Cork Today on Replay Phone and text lines are currently closed Cork Today on C103 Call Patricia with your comment 1850 333 103 And while we discussed what happened in Bandon there overnight with regards to intense flooding let's go to Bantry because over 50 properties in Bantry have been damaged by flooding overnight there the extent of flooding was in the square New Street Bridge Street and the Main Street in Bantry uh, Local Deputy Independent Deputy Michael Collins was in Bantry last night and joins me Good morning to you Michael Good morning, uh, John Paul. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. Michael, the, this area I, I speak about there in Bantry, the areas affected, they're where the majority of stores in the economic hub of Bantry would be in. And what's the situation there this morning? Is Bantry open for business? It's trying to reopen. Some of the businesses are. I was downtown again this morning. Uh, like New Street and Main Street are in, uh, were in an absolute dire straits last night. Um, flooding, I'd say, started back up on the Seskin area. That's the best way to describe it for people that do know Bentry. Um, I got called up myself for the elderly people's homes there across from Hospital Cross, and there was locals trying to clear and keep the water from going to their properties. And 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 in fairness to the Cork County Council, they came on the scene and we 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 sandbagged it and we stopped at least water getting into their property. But when we moved downtown onto the New Street, Main Street, and even the Wolfstone Square area. I, I, it was a scene you, you, you could only describe from a movie. It was absolute devastation, absolute devastation for businesses. I, I met business people last night. We were there until three o'clock, trudging through the water. I, I had a pair of Wellingtons on John Paul and was going over the Wellingtons last night uh, continuously. Um, the businesses have been destroyed. I was talking to one business person. They said we were closed for 12 weeks. And and we just had reopened and look at it. And, and you know, I was looking at a, you know, a sad site last night, a lovely pub. Uh, that has been closed for five months, had its doors open last night to let the water out. That's the first bit of business it has in the past five months. It's absolutely shocking, to say the least. Now, some of the businesses are up and running this morning. More are doing their best to try and get up and running, but it's going to be a difficult, difficult task for some of them. There's no point in saying that that Bantry's fully reopened. It, it's under. It's after a devastating, devastating flood to businesses. I was inside in some of them this morning, and it's, it's, it's jaw-dropping, to be quite honest with you, John Paul. And how high do you think the water was last night, especially for those businesses that, that were affected? Well, I saw some of the properties, like the best way to describe it, I was looking at some of the properties last night and I just didn't want to take pictures because I didn't want to add insult to them. But it, it reminded me of a, a swimming pool. The only difference between uh, between a swimming pool and, and, and the real swimming pool is black water. And it was swimming and shivering inside and stock all over the, the swimming inside on top of it. It was just unbelievable. It was, I was speechless for much of my time there. And in fairness, look, I have to thank the Fire Brigade Council, area engineers, senior engineers were there last night, the Gardaí were there last night. So like, and, 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 and the council workers like were brilliant in fairness with sandbags and trying to get them out to properties and residents. 
uh, Bantry was in a, in a dire straits last night and, and to be honest with you we've had minister minister down in the last week or two or three weeks here and that's, that's look maybe that's a positive thing because we need to focus on it we need these ministers back down in Bantry this morning because they have to see first hand the devastation and no matter how good the businesses and no matter how good there was local people tearing and walking up the tree in the morning last night trying to get businesses over and went on until three and four and five it doesn't matter how good they are. You just can't recover quickly from some of this, and and some of them may not recover at all. And that's the worries I have. You know, uh, John Hubbard, it was devastating to see what I saw last night. It is in Bantry. because yeah. businesses have suffered so much over the course of the the lockdown with COVID, and then you have, as you mentioned, bars which are not even open as yet. And now, if they're opening to leave water out, you wonder how can they reopen following flood damage? Have they flood insurance? I mean, I know uh, we heard from Bandon there who uh, don't have flood insurance for those affected. What's the situation like in Bantry? Again, some haven't, some haven't. Look, I was at a, a meeting in the Emden Hotel last night because of the, the Bridge Street situation and, and, and some, again, in that case, some have insurance, more haven't. But in, those who have insurance are worried that they lose their insurance. You you heard your report there a while ago uh, in relation to Bandon. My brother John was there last night helping businesses, as was other people. And, and, and a lot of questions remain unanswered here and are not going to, we're not getting clear answers and clear clarity on it. Like we say in Bridge Street, Bandon, uh, where is there pumps there? In Brady's Lane, where the pumps wired up? Where switched on. These are questions that need answering, immediate answers. But like in relation, to, and, 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 and that's the abandoned situation. I was kicking my ear very close on that. But there's other places, areas of flooded. And we were yesterday with the Minister um, um, Michael McGrath and Rath Barry Gandor Road and Ross Cabins and the one thing, everyone is saying would you clean the silt and the gutter out of the river? Would you clean the drains and get back council workers on the roadside like they were? We don't have half enough of them. There's a, they're caught in every town and area. Was somebody saying in the meeting last night? Those five or six of old Skibreen is none, none anymore, unless they're drafting in from all over their place. Where where this is where the problem lies uh, in relation to Bantry. I said I I don't know. I said like culverts um, could not take the amount of water. What I what shocked me more was in in flat streets the water came up on the ground and ripped. The, the, the street. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Just something like a, a some kind of a, an avalanche of some sort. It just literally infatuated you. Obviously, if there was a hill, it might have brought, taken the road down ahead of it. But in this situation, just lifted the street, lifted the street in many parts of it. And 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 road surfaces are just you know the areas closed off this morning. Certain parts of it. Obviously, there's a, a, a frantic effort to reopen all businesses. Some are it was this morning in Bantry and it is reopened, but other businesses genuinely can't and there's no point in me saying they can't, but just they simply can't jump all it's, it's a, there needs to be jump all there needs to be a package immediately given and no more talk now from ministers you know, it's it's an immediate aid package to West Cork because West Cork is severely affected by this and there seems to be a dragging on and dragging on. It's going on two weeks and there needs to be an announcement of an emergency package and people cannot keep dipping into their insurance because some aren't insured and more if they do, they never can get insurance. And they, need, they were saying that in the Elton Hotel at the Bridge Street residence last night. It's not good enough. And why do you think, enough. Michael, in Bantry last night, I know we had an orange or a rainfall warning from Metairn, but why do you think it flooded so badly in those areas of Bantry last night? My only taking, and I'm not an expert here in fairness, uh, and I, but looking at it last night, and I was there for three or four hours with people and we were walking and, and trying to get something started, but um, it looks to me as if some uh, rivers burst their banks up back at Seskin. That's where the water, the massive rush of water was coming down onto the old people's homes there, um, uh, the elderly people's residence, beautiful homes that are there. A lot of them were, you know, gardens destroyed and everything last night. Even though in fairness to locals, they were out there brushing, cleaning, trying to keep the elderly people, you know, um, from, from, from worry. You've got sandbags down there and everything. But it, it continued down 
down um, beyond the church, down in that area, and seem to just con- just converge down into the into the uh, the valley, which is mainly the New Street and the Main Street and, and Old Town Square. And of course, you have the water coming up from from the, the, the tidal flooding as well. So you had a, a dreadful situation and a dreadful nightmare for businesses who have had a shocking time to try to get keep on their feet. Are as I said to you earlier on. Lady said to me, 12 weeks we were closed, we reopened, we've lost thousands of euros of stock, and it was, I, I, I don't know, I never see anything like it, because I was just looking in, and it was, as I said to you, it was like a swimming pool, only it was, it was black gutter, that's swamping inside in shops, and coming out the door. A lot of, you know, a lot of questions in all these situations uh, need answering, and Skibreen, or Ratbury, you know, Glendor Road, I, I mean, I've been there for the last two or three weeks, every, every meeting with every minister to try and see, can we force aid into West Cork that's dreadfully, dreadfully needed. And I would urge the ministers now to sit back and have a serious look And as West Cork has been a disaster zone at this present time and there's more rain on the way and more floods on the way, John Paul, so we have serious worries here in West Cork at this present time. OK, well, we'll wait and see what the OPW and indeed the council have to say over the next uh, few hours. Uh, some are hopefully going to join us on the show before one o'clock. Before I let you go, Michael, just in under 30 seconds that I've left here, uh, a texter in, you mentioned the pubs there. John wants to know, do you think the bars will open or be allowed open next week or what's your take on that? I very much doubt it. I've been very disappointed to date that the bars are under load open. Uh, the coronavirus doesn't know whether you're eating dinner or not. Having a drink in a rural pub most of the rural pubs are in dire trouble as it stands, and, and even if they reopen now, I, I, you know their businesses with, the, with you know the segregation of customers is going to be severely affected. And yet, I very much doubt it. I, I, I think the mindset is, 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 is to, to keep these bars closed because they haven't put in with nightclubs, and if nightclubs are thrown in with, with pubs, you never see a pub reopen because there isn't the common sense approach that a nightclub and a pub is a, is a totally different business. And this government haven't got. A, a clear understanding uh, that there is a separation from those those businesses when they won't in, in places that they don't separate those going forward you're going to have a situation where the pu- small rural pubs are going to continue closed and, and that's because of worries in Tildare worries in Dublin whatever OK you know, Michael we'll, we'll have to leave it there I must go to news at 11 for the moment thanks for joining us for our, the latest from Bantry this morning that is Independent Cork South West Deputy Michael Collins we'll have more on this across the course of the morning your calls are welcome 1850 Good morning to you we're with you until one with Cork Today, Bernie and Sadie taking your calls on 1850-333-103. Text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. And as the yellow wind warning is in operation now right across Cork and Storm Francis crosses the county at the moment. ESB networks have been in touch. There are a number of outages across Cork at the moment. Crosshaven being one location and also now just in the last 10 minutes or so. Uh, ESB networks have been in contact to say they have a large fault now in the Mitchellstown and surrounding areas so if you have no power in that area that is the reason why. Also we're getting calls from various parts of the county on trees being down and roads flooded. Earlier on we had reports of the road from Skibbereen from Bantry that's flooded and also the German League road is flooded too but that is passable out of Skibbereen but the Skibbereen road from Bantry is flooded and impassable at the moment and there's a report of a tree down between Ballyhooley and Castletown Roach to take care if you're on that road between Ballyhooley and Castletown Roach a tree down will keep you up to date or if you come across anything let us know as well on text or WhatsApp 86 2103103 we heard first hand there on the effects of the flooding in Bantry and Bandon overnight and a lot of people have questions that they want answered and why did the flooding get so bad in both those towns particularly in Bandon well senior engineer 
here with Cork County Council, Aidan Weir, joins me. Uh, good morning to you, Aidan. Good morning. And thanks for joining us. Uh, first of all, Aidan, I suppose you'd be well aware of the flood relief works that have been going on in Bandon over the last number of years and are still in operation. But the businesses we've spoken to this morning, and indeed homeowners, but businesses, I mean, one man who's been in business in Bandon for a number of years, Con Linehan of Linehan's Menswear, he was upset and crying this morning on the radio. His shop flooded yet again. He says if it happens again, he will more than likely have to go out of business. Do you know from the council side of things what happened last night in a town that were promised that this would not happen again that led to the situation of flooding in the Bridge Street area and Brady's Lane area of Bandon Town? Well, I suppose last night's event wasn't just confined, unfortunately, to, to Bandon. It was right across the county from, from Bantry to Yall. Uh, towns and villages have been inundated with, with, with flood, flooding. We've had up to two inches of rain uh, last night in, in a short period. And it, yeah, it resulted in, in flooding of Brady's Lane and Bridge Street in Bandon, which, which has since been cleared. Our investigations initially across the region show that it was obviously due to a significant amount of rainfall that occurred over a short period of time. And in relation to Bandon in particular, um, there's a sewer collection network and much of it is what we call combined sewers. It combines foul drainage with flood drainage. And it was this system that was... uh, Unable to deal with the, there was, the, that system was overwhelmed at those locations last night. We, our, our initial investigations uh, lead us to believe that that was the problem. Now, Irish Water has a project currently underway in Bendon to deal with this combined uh, sewer system. And, you know, this may be difficult to understand, but this is actually separate from the major flood scheme which actually performed quite well last night, you know, in terms of the main channel of the River Bandon. The, the, the Bandon flood relief scheme actually performed well. So it was a problem with this combined sewer network, which was which, which was overwhelmed and resulted in the um, flooding of Brady's Lane and Bridge Street in Bandon. Yeah, and businesses uh, have said that to us, Aidan. They have said only further relief works. The entire ton of Bandon could have been underwater last night. Uh, but as you mentioned there about those works, uh, these underground pumps that were in Installed. Many say that they usually would come on and did come on last week and that was one of the reasons there was no flooding in Bandon last week. Is that one of the reasons why they did not activate because of the current works going on or is that a separate I, issue? Yeah, yeah, I think that's a separate issue. No, to, be, to be honest with you, I'm not fully off with the situation in relation to the pumps. That's something that is being investigated today as we speak. By, by our people and uh, so I'm, I'm not totally off air with these situations. And could pumps. it be Aidan so and I did mention this earlier and so did businesses that because we had the significant rainfall last night and we did have an orange warning in place and it did get very intense with localised downpours in many parts of the county is it a case that the actual drains and maybe those pumps were not able to take the capacity of the water that was flowing uh, to them? Absolutely, that that was the situation in in many of the towns and villages last night. But you know, but the, for Bandon, because the the main thing here is, do they need to relook at the drains and pumps they have installed if they can't take the level of water that fell last night? Well, as I said, the drainage the drainage system in Bandon, uh, which is the responsibility of Irish Water, is being looked at, and there is actually a project in place in Bandon at the moment to deal with the issues with the combined drains in Bandon. Hopefully, once that is complete. 
we fingers crossed we won't have flooding in in Bandon again. But of course, you know, if if we get rainfall of the intensity, you know, that 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 is overwhelms every system. Well, there's very little any any system can do do with this. You know, we've had, you know, as I said, we we it wasn't just Bandon last night. It was Bantry, Dunman, where Roscarbury, Clannacilty. Belly de Hub and east as far as y'all, we had flooding last night. So, uh, you know, it was just r- related to the pure intensity of of rain right across the county. But for the businesses abandoned because they've suffered disruption with the flood relief works, I mean, they are looking for answers. Are they going to get answers? I mean, you've mentioned there what has happened and what you may think has happened over the course of the night. Will they get answers today from Irish Water, from the OPW and from yourselves? Because they're they're asking us to get answers from your, yourself, from well, Irish Water and from the OPW. Will the council give them answers today in Bandon? I've attempted to give you the, the the answer is that the major flood relief scheme for, for Bandon did work well last night and prevented flooding in many parts of the town. But there was a particular issue with the combined system, the combined sewers in that Brady's Lane and in Bridge Street area. And this is being um, being dealt with by Irish Water in a project that's currently underway. So... You know that that is the situation in in, in Bendon last night, and you know it's unfortunate. It's, it's very distressing, and we fully understand that. Any 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 premises gets flooded, and the very large number of them, fifty of them in in, in Bantry. Yeah, I want to go to Bantry. Know. As you mentioned Bantry, there, what happened there last night? Why did the main economic hub of Bantry flood last night? Well, again, it, it flooded because there was absolutely up to two inches of rain fell in a catchment that was already saturated with flood events of the last few weeks. And it resulted in the square, New Street, Bridge Street and Main Street flooding uh, of almost 50 properties. You know, and um, OK, a, a major flood relief scheme is is required for Bantry. And in fairness to the Office of Public Works, they have approved approved a scheme and have set, set, set the train in motion in relation to that. And the situation there is that a first thing that needs to be done is a structural assessment needs to be done of the culvert system in, in Bantry. And the council are ready to go to tender with that very shortly. And uh, so that's stage one, you know, uh, the the replacement of the culvert or whatever will happen as a result of the uh, the, the works approved inventory is yet to be finalised. And, it's you know, it's it's probably some time away before a scheme will be completed inventory. Uh, but at least the, the wheels are rolling. And that should... Uh, what happened last night should not happen again once the wheels start rolling with this. A lot of people aiding around to us from various areas, as we just mentioned, Bantry and Bandon there, because they're, they're the areas that were affected and businesses were unhappy of what happened there. We have other areas, as you mentioned, affected by flooding. A lot of people are asking us, do the council need to look at bringing in more workers on the ground outside? I mean, you'll be familiar years ago with the... Ma- it's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. 
Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And with the shovel, which is very famously quoted, uh, or do we need to look at clearing drains? I mean, would that uh, hamper the situation? Would it reduce the risk of this flooding? Or, or what's your view on that? I, I Look, I think that the, you know, the the employment of loads more staff is isn't really the answer to 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 the issue of flooding the, the flooding is being caused and you know and a lot of your listeners know this by global warming and climate change and huge levels of rainfall compared to what we were getting only a few short years ago so you know climate change is a factor and uh, unfortunately I, you know higher winds and and uh, higher levels of rainfall are going to be a factor going forward and we're just going to have to have new flood relief schemes wherever possible um, to to deal with these. Um, so, you know, opening the little inlet with the shovel and so on is, is helpful in the local scenario, but it's not really the answer to, to dealing with major flood relief schemes that are caused by deluges of, of, of rainfall. And on a smaller scale then for roads that are flooded this morning, that many are saying that if the drains and the ditches were cleared, they would not be flooded. Could it work in that scenario? I don't think so. As I say, you know, look, we had the flooding right across the county last night and it was simply caused by huge levels of rainfall. Uh, and unfortunately, we, this is our third or fourth such event in the last few weeks, uh, particularly unusual in the month of August to be having such such deluges. But uh, that's that's the situation we're facing with. And um you know, that's it. And Council Cruz, so we're continuing to work right across the county today to, to try and clear up uh, the, the flooding and uh, maintain roads because also Aidan roads have been affected uh, by the heavy rain overnight. So it's a busy day for your crews out there on the road. Absolutely. And a lot of those crews were out uh, since midnight last night uh, trying to assist, uh, you know, with alleviating flooding and, and, and uh, helping shop owners and so on. Councillors will be providing or is providing skips for uh, many of the business affected today. And as you said, there have been quite a number of roads damaged, not just last night, but in the recent floods as well. And, uh, you know, the con- council workforce are, will be out in force trying to uh, deal with emergency repairs to, to these roads. Okay, Aidan, well, well, we have to say well done to the crews who have been working overnight. And I know a lot of people have been texting in uh, saying well done to the various crews in various parts of Cork who have stayed up overnight to clear and prevent any more flooding. And uh, we'll wait and see what happens over the course of the day with regards to the high winds we're experiencing at the moment. But for the moment, for you, Aidan, thank you for joining us this morning yeah, on the programme. If I could just finish, yep. actually, by, by you know just advising the public to be very careful today. The high winds that are out there at the moment, um, you know, it's last week when we had high winds, we had them during the night for most people who were at home. We are experiencing very high winds and will right through the afternoon 
be experiencing high winds, we would be asking people to not undertake uh, unnecessary journeys and should be careful out there. There are trees down and, and your radio station is already coming in with reports of trees down across the county and that will be a phenomenon right through the afternoon so we'll be urging uh, the public to take extreme caution on our roads today. Indeed, Aidan, thanks for joining us. That is Aidan Weir there who's a senior engineer with Cork County Council on the overmath or the aftermath of what has happened overnight uh, right across Cork but particularly for those affected in the Bandon and Bantry areas on that issue and on the flooding issue a number of calls and texts and first of all uh, a text in to say well done to Eugene McCarthy and all the staff of Bantry Fire Brigade for all the help that they uh, provided last night and indeed again this morning so well done to you guys there in Bantry and Meg uh, on text says mini diggers do 20 men's work but there are those who stop it now uh, who do not realise the maintenance is necessary along our roads so maybe look at that uh, for dealing with roadside maintenance and another texter saying yes I do agree and with other callers bring back the roadman they did excellent work clearing drains and opening the inlets they were badly paid and also a butt of a lot of jokes because they were shovel workers but they did unbelievable work and were also very beneficial they were highly cost effective so bring back the roadman uh, says that particular texter Tim in Yole uh, when we were speaking to Michael Collins uh, the Cork South West Deputy on uh, council workers and he mentioned about the shortage of council workers Tim says what about those people that are being paid the 350 a week? A lot of young people are being paid this, so why not utilise these people uh, to work and look after council maintenance, says Tim in Yole on text to 0862103103. Michael in Castletown Bear uh, on this issue says since the Swedish environmental activist the 17 year old Greta Thunberg's last school uh, year visit finished in June 2019 the teenagers travels around the world meant uh, that this ended up doing lessons remotely but who is paying for all this travel for this worldwide journey it's just mind boggling asks Michael in Castle regarding Greta Thunberg and what she's doing travelling around the world uh, I presume she's funding that herself also uh, regarding Regarding the rivers, a texter here is saying this is make all clean, all clean the rivers and drains into Manway. Uh, if they went and did this, then it would actually alleviate flooding that is coming to the town. Also, our waterways need dredging and on a regular basis, but in Bandon and other areas, they have stopped doing this. So that is leading to flooding as well, uh, says Meg on text to 0862103103. While Anne is saying... When we were speaking with Fine Gael Senator Tim Lumbert, she's asking, well, Tim is a Fine Gael Senator. They are in charge now. They are in charge of the OPW. Uh, this government and indeed the last government, why didn't they act on this, uh, says Anne. And also Michael on phone to 1850 says, when you're talking about the roads and we're on about the council, he thinks people need to ask what Cork County Council are doing. Where does all our road tax we pay go to? Uh, Michael is in Mallow and he says driving through Mallow and the surrounding areas the roads are a state uh, so what actually are the council doing where is our road tax going our roads are a disgrace in our area of North Cork but then if you go to Kerry or other counties the roads are in better repair so why is that what actually is happening in Cork asked Michael on 1850 just some of the comments in relation to the weather conditions overnight on the way though surgery waiting lists and why they are increasing in the Cork area. C103 Jobs.
And on our job spot today, Donrill Pharmacy on Main Street in Donrill. They require part-time front-of-shop counter assistant. Email your CVs to donrillpharmacy at gmail.com. A babysitter is required for three children must have their own transport to collect from school in the Canturk area. Call or text 087-9260-849. And a cleaner is wanted for a busy business premises in the Mallow and Kenturk area to cover holiday leave. You can call 86 for further details. These jobs and more now are online at c103.ie. Hewitt College are currently enrolling fifth year, sixth year and repeat students for the new academic year. Study with us in our classrooms or live online. You will receive feedback, excellent notes and expert advice from our dedicated and experienced teachers. We cover the whole sixth year course in one academic year. Our roadmap will guide you safely and securely on your leaving certificate journey. Secure your future today. Go to hewittcollege.ie. Hewitt College, ahead of the curve. Oh, this delivery guy looks nice. Hi. How's it going? Package there for you. Oh, cheers. All right, thanks, thanks for that. <sighs> he has my number. Maybe he'll text. Finding someone can be difficult. C103 Dating can deliver by matching you with someone that suits. Our listeners are genuine people who just want to meet someone nice. Going on dates is harder now, but you can still connect and get to know each other. Register for free today at c103dating.ie. At Tesco, we care about the things you care about. That's why we've created value with you in mind. A whole range of savings carefully selected for you. From special treats to meals that always hit the spot. Whatever value means to you, look out for the red bubbles in store. We put them there with you in mind. Tesco. Every little helps. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 86 now, there is more concern in Cork that many are left on waiting lists for cataract surgeries and other surgeries. And while there is other alternatives of travelling to Belfast on cataract buses, which are being offered and organised by so many politicians in the area, many feel that they're too weak to travel that journey for a procedure. Well, one of those raising this is a well-known advocate for the elderly in Cork. That is Paddy O'Brien. And he joins me this morning. Good morning to you, Paddy. Hey, good morning, John Paul, and thanks for asking me on to the programme. Well, thanks for joining us. And this is something that we have covered at length over the show regarding those who are going to Belfast for these particular surgeries, uh, particularly regarding cataracts. But exactly. we have heard of people then who feel that they're too weak or they wouldn't be able for the journey. And they still wait on a waiting list here in Cork. And at this stage, they feel something needs to be done with our local services here in Cork to speed up that waiting list. Yes, indeed, and I agree with everything you said there. First, I want to say is to congratulate, or not congratulate, but thank the people uh, in West Cork area who have been organising these buses to Belfast, headed by uh, Deputy Michael Collins since 2017. I, I commend them. But the situation is this, is that um, there are, are, are people, they, they will be just nervous to make that journey to Belfast. It's a long, long, long journey. It's a long journey. And um, I mean, I, I was speaking to journalists during the week, and I said I met a gentleman who's waiting um, on on the surgery, 
uh, sorry, a lady, and she told me that she was never known as far as Silver Springs in her life. Silver Springs, not a mind Belfast. Now, um, I know that the waiting was in, in every area, but the, the, the ones in particular uh, that are affecting the lives of the uh, the lives of the, the lives of the elderly are the, the cataracts, the knee replacement, and the hip replacement. Uh, people are waiting for years and years and years, and that, this is an appalling situation because if you have people. Um, waiting and and any of those, uh, you know, they're trying to cut them. They don't want to go out. They won't go to mass. They're afraid they'll fall. Uh, they're afraid that um, um, they might trip over a step or something. And I, I don't, and and the, with with the cataract, uh, John Paul, it is not very big uh, um, at all. I believe it's all over less than thirty minutes. I believe, although and people go back to a, a normal life again. And um, and again, I mean, I know those people did great work down there in West Cork, the organisers of the Belfast trip, but um, it's unacceptable to expect elderly people, some of them in their 70s, 80s and 90s, to sit on a bus and drive up to Belfast. Even if they would go by train, it's a long, long journey, and then calling on the HSC to look at the situation, review the situation, and say, OK, the surgeries must be brought out in Cork. I would always say at this point in time that all surgeries were postponed due to the virus. And some of the public hospitals, or some of the private hospitals, yeah, public hospitals, um, and that created a lot of waiting lists. But regrettably, many of these people are waiting years and years before we, we had the coronavirus uh, here, here, here in Ireland. And um, the numbers were going up the whole time, the whole time. I mean, you have elderly people, many of them, the only thing they can do during the day is read, read, read. I'm impressed with that. A lot of that has been taken away from them. Uh, the people with the hip replacement, the pain, the pain, the severe pain. If you ask anybody who's waiting on a hip replacement, the pain, the pain. Um, and I would appeal to the HSC to touch importance to this uh, awful situation that exists affecting thousands and thousands of uh, uh, elderly people. And I said for the third time, I see no reason why they should have to go to uh, Belfast. And not again, not taken away from the great work. Uh, those gentlemen and ladies are down in West Cop and they're doing the great, great, great. I know a few people who went on the journey. Right, they were sort of early 60s, whereas the, the operation with the cataract was a success. Regretfully said, it wasn't easy. Not easy, yeah, and uh, while many will avail of those journeys, uh, the big question that is coming from people who can't afford to go private here, and it's a good idea coming from a listener for, for patients who travel to a private hospital in Belfast for a cataract operation and they get reimbursed on their return. Why can't we have some similar system here uh, for the private sector to shorten the waiting time? So basically uh, that you would go to a private hospital in Cork or nearby and then you will be reimbursed after similar to the system that we have for travelling abroad uh, would you welcome something like that as an idea from a listener that would uh, you know we, instead of people waiting three or four years for an operation this could be a way out of course of course I would the things that um, but what they should try and do at the moment is this um, reduce the waiting this get rid of sort of look after people who have been waiting for years and years and years and whatever arrangements the HC wants to make. So you're talking about elderly people, some of them, a lot of the elderly people, are just living on a pension only, with no private pension. And the, these people have had to live, live a normal life. They don't save, they don't have a bank account, and they don't have money. 
Joy, I agree 100%, but you have just suggested there, um, and I, I think um, it's something I've been saying for a long, long time, the help of, regardless how they do it, regardless how they do it, who pays for it, uh, the elderly, it must be looked after. There was me some plan. I know a lady went down to um, Mahan, a lovely hospital down there, the hospital in, 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 in Mahan, last uh, Friday morning, and she said it was less than 30 minutes, less than 30 minutes, Okay, she was waiting a couple of years, okay. But the thing is that I am speaking to her yesterday and she said she can't believe the new life she has uh, due to that she has having surgery, cataract surgery. And um, as I already said to you, they don't really reading, they don't watching television. But some people who are waiting on surgery, they think they're going to harm their eye. If they some look at television the whole time. And um, I think far more, I would put it this way another way, I think far more importance must be attached to the waiting list. Yeah, we and when you mentioned there, Paddy, about that, that lady who's watching TV and, and then stops watching TV because they feel that they're doing more harm than good, are, are those people yeah. then not watching any television and more or less staying in their homes no. and not leaving their homes? I would even say they're housebound. They're like prisoners in their home. They're like prisoners in their home. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, See, I, I meet people and they think that you've only got so much eyesight. I mean, that's where no, you're, you're gone, you're, that you've got blind. I mean, it, that's a frightening situation, actually. A frightening, and I try to get from there, I try to find out my own way, from the HSC and in, in my own private way, how many people in the Cork area um, are actually waiting to have the cataract surgery. And I, I fail, but I believe it's very, 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 very high. And... Um, Especially through the fact that if the surgery was going to take hours and hours and hours, but as I already said, that the surgery I believe, I believe takes less than uh, than thirty minutes. Yeah. But a majority of people driving up to Belfast, going into a strange hotel, no matter how nice they are, no matter how nice the people are in the hotel, staying in a hotel um, and then heading back again the following day, it takes an awful lot of people. It does take a lot of other people. But isn't it a worry, Paddy, to think that we may have people and I mean, there are the people you've spoken to, but we could have others who, because they're on this waiting list and because their eyesight is so bad, they feel watching TV could make it worse. And if you put it that way, that they're imprisoned in their own home. I mean, that's yeah. a very, very serious case to think that we have people right across our city and county who are waiting. What I'm hearing this morning on, on our text, especially, is two to three years people are waiting for a cataract operation. Also, hip operations, as you mentioned earlier, a big issue as well. But to think people are waiting two to three to four years for that and they could be in this situation uh, that they're becoming uh, a prisoner in their own home, they won't leave because they can't see properly and they're not watching TV. So they're, exactly. they're very isolated, really, if they don't have any family locally. They are isolated, and the, the greatest single problem facing elderly people, and I've said it on your program, and occasion will be loneliness, 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 loneliness. For many people, books were their greatest friend, and they could switch off. They can look at the television, they can get their books, and they can, you know, forget the problems. But at the, the current situation, that I've already said from the third time, that these people are afraid. I think that they're going... I'm not saying everyone waiting on the list, but a lot of them. And I get the stories back from their families that um, they, are, they, are, they are nervous. They are nervous. Um, speaking, they are, they are nervous, um, saying, oh, God, I can't. I don't want to read too much. Uh, the print, but they're, the print, 
it's all small in the book, my takeaway of something, my eyesight on the good eye. That's, that's, what, they're, that's, that's what they're thinking. That's what how they feel about the whole situation. And I think, and I don't know, I don't know what they're going to do. When I, when you came up and I, what you said there, and I agree 100% with that, but the HSC must do something to get these people to hospitals and the debt the cost. I mean, they might come up with, um, come up with um, a situation where the people are going to Dublin and they get, might get a loan from this. A lot of elderly people, but, you know, they can't go into a bank, they can't go into any loan society and, and get money. They can't, they can't. I think that the elderly people, um, the health and care of elderly people, that, that is the responsibility of the country, of the of the, the, the government, to help the elderly and to the HSC, I think. We want a better plan. We want a better plan. And I think at this point in time, what is... What is um, really creating problems for the people is that they don't know how long more they're going to be on the list. I'm referring specifically now to the cataract, the knee replacement and the hip. Because those three areas, it's, those three areas are affecting the lives. They've no, they've no quality of life. As I said, they're too afraid to go out. Ever before the coronavirus came in, I met, met people and I spoke, spoke to people and I spoke to family members that want to go to mass. Why? They'd be afraid they might fall. They might be afraid they might do something inside the church that people would say, oh, look, Mary's very bad this morning. She only fell. They um, want to go into a church. A person with um, a hip problem, really on hip replacement, they're dragging their legs after them or, or, or a knee replacement. And that, I think we must do something. And I call all, all politicians, all politicians, to make it a top priority. And I mean that I know they're probably hard-working politicians out of the city and the county, North Cork, West Cork, talked up, saying, oh, they're what, I do want to do more, more, more to reduce the list. Because I think it's totally wrong, it's unfair, and it's unreasonable to elderly people to allow them to suffer on this stage. It is, and, and that they're suffering in a way that they're isolated as well and, and that they feel, especially if they're living uh, on their own, yeah. that they have no one to talk to and if they're afraid to even go out and go to mass because of what others think, if they fall and right. then they're on their own in their home and they're watching TV, it's just a, an awful situation to be in. Uh, that list can continue in this particular way uh, by way of waiting. Uh, Paddy, thanks for highlighting that and thanks for joining thanks. us this morning thanks on the show. Call. Thank you. That's uh, Paddy O'Brien there, well-known advocate for the elderly on the reality of what he is hearing on the ground for those who are waiting for surgery. You heard there firsthand uh, people alone in their homes and people afraid to go out because they may have a mishap, for example, as he put it, in mass and they're afraid what others will think, uh, saying that, you know, this person is very bad this morning, she nearly fell over a mass and then that I'm watching TV uh, and they're isolated in their homes with no TV and probably just the radio at this stage to keep them company. Anyhow, the reality of our waiting lists in the Cork area. Your views are welcome on that. Are you waiting for surgery? Maybe hip replacement, cataracts? You feel you can't travel that journey to Belfast and you're in a similar situation to those Paddy spoke about there. Let us know. 1850-333-103 or indeed you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Some news coming in from... Uh, Brussels from the European Commission uh, they have now said that they expect a full report by 2 o'clock today uh, from Commissioner Phil Hogan on the golf meeting controversy and uh, they want him to publish the timeline of his movement in Ireland uh, that's according to a European Commission spokesperson within the last few minutes more on that across the morning and also the Mallow Civic Immunity site that is now closed due to high winds in the Mallow area and staying with the roads uh, 
uh, getting reports in of another tree down. This is on the road between Fermoy and Tallow. As to if you're in that area, just be careful. Tree down on the Fermoy to Tallow Road. Also a tree down from Ballyhooley to Castleton Roach in that particular road. And the ESB are dealing with a large fault at the moment in the Mitchellstown area and also dealing with a fault in the Crosshaven area of Cork this morning. And we are getting reports in of gusts of over 100 kilometres an hour off the West Cork coast. And speaking of coast, we're going to hear about a boat that left Baltimore earlier this week and it's on its journey and a very historic journey. Uh, something that would have been done a number of years ago. We'll catch up and see how they're faring with the storm next. Record today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. Ireland's only surviving wooden cargo sailing vessel left Baltimore earlier this week to raise awareness of a more environmentally friendly way of transporting goods. The island and her crew set sail from Baltimore for the Shannon Estuary with their cargo of locally produced cheese, coffee, whiskey and gin. Their team lead is the Limerick man Gary McMahon who joins me this morning. I believe uh, they're pulled in and tied up in Kilrush following a stormy night. Good morning to you Gary. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine and thanks for uh, joining us. Uh, what are conditions like or what were they like overnight? I mean, when did you decide to, uh, if, if, I suppose, go to safety because of the high winds and heavy rain that arrived yesterday evening? Oh, well, we knew this was coming in. So and um, so we were sort of running between storms. So, <laughs> yeah. we, um, so it, was, it was a lovely voyage up. Obviously, we had a window and uh, we took it. And, uh, but um, it, was, it was a joy to be out once again. And tell us the history behind this cargo vessel and the eco-training that would have been done and that you were you're highlighting this week. Well, it's not so much eco-training. It just chimes with contemporary desires for living more sustainably. Uh, it was always unconsciously uh, just environmentally. The closer you are to nature, the closer you are, the more sustainable you are. So um, what we're doing is just it's really a cultural project. And we're um, celebrating the old seaways of Ireland and uh, the inter-island trade. And this boat, all her life was involved in servicing island communities. And, uh, and she was designed to build for that. And she'll be 100 years old now in 2006, 2026, I should say. And uh, hopefully she'll continue what she's been doing for the past 93 years or whatever it was. Yeah, because the boat was restored, wasn't it, a number of years ago? And it, is this the first voyage? Because I know it was used in Baltimore, but is this the first voyage out of Baltimore after the restoration of this boat to highlight what I suppose it would have done a number of years ago? Yeah, it was over a 12 year period. It was a, it was a great collaboration between the Island Project, uh, the Bully Island Marine School in Limerick. We were with a workshop in Limerick. And um, so it was, the work was diffused among. Um, our workshop in Limerick and the great Higgerty's boat Charlie in Old Court up the Island River. Uh, the, the boat was originally designed by a Limerick man, Connor Bryan from Twines Island. So that's where we're going back there. On, so, and we have a cargo to, to the start there on uh, Saturday. And I've forgotten your question, but uh, I think I might have answered it. And is that the the actual community when you mentioned there involving Limerick? Tell us about that relationship with Limerick and that particular boat because I know you, you've worked a lot with young people in Limerick and the boat, haven't you? Well, we work across the generations. We work mm. specifically with you. But, um, so we're a very small organisation, so obviously we cut our cloud. But um, yeah, over the years, I suppose a couple of hundred people have been involved. Uh, the boat is a, a celebration of Irish crafts also. She, she's Quite as many disciplines. They're, they're sophisticated, but 
they might be uh, today considered to be um, defunct or uh, obsolete technology, but they are We left Baltimore yesterday um, at 12 noon, and we were we delivered our cargo here in Kilrush uh, eight o'clock the following morning. I don't know if an Irish courier would um, would be happy with that time frame. I think they would indeed. It's a great time frame. And every, when you mentioned cargo there, all the cargo is locally produced, isn't it? Oh, it is, yes. You know, we, yeah, we've got great support there from um, Seamus O'Driscoll out in Cape Clear and the, the two men who sailed this boat to the Falkland Islands back in 1926 came from there. So this boat has resonated around the coast and has connections, over, you know, you can imagine over that period of time. Seafaring families and islands, and we're off to the Aran Islands after we visit Limerick. We're going back up to Limerick. The island is registered in Limerick, that's our home port. So we'll be there for a few days and then we're off again. And you're collecting local produce then in the port, is it in Limerick and elsewhere, yeah, and bringing it back then to Cork Harbour? Water, Ishka water, water by water. We're taking a cargo of Ishka water, we're bringing it to Dublin. But we won't be around there for um, that's beautiful water from County Limerick. With that meaty area. So there you are. Very good. See, so we're promoting the, the, the Limerick water uh, in Dublin later. Well, I, the phone line isn't great because I know you're on the boat at the moment and we are experiencing stormy conditions. So we'll leave it there, Gary. But thank you for joining us this morning to outline where you are and indeed what that voyage is about. Uh, that is Limerick man Gary McMahon on board Island, of course, at the moment, which is in Kilrush. And as you heard there, uh, they are reliving what that particular boat would have done a number of years ago, transporting local cargo uh, that might be from uh, whiskey the coffee the cheese to what he said there the local water uh, from Limerick which they hope to bring to Dublin as well and they're travelling around the coast of Ireland they hopefully will come back into Cork Harbour as well uh, in, in, a, in a short while but for the moment they're in Kilrush of course due to the stormy conditions uh, but the overall uh, the journey is going well uh, not a great phone line because of course of the storm and because they are pulled in in Kilrush but we hopefully got the gist of what they are doing anyhow they are historic voyage for Ireland and well done to all involved there uh, on that particular voyage. 1850-333-103 lines open. You can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103 A lot of your comments coming in regarding uh, Phil Hogan, the Commissioner, what could happen uh, with him or what should happen with him. Also on the recent flooding, our senior news reporter Fiona Corcoran uh, was in Bandon earlier on. She got the thoughts as well of people on the ground in Bandon, uh, people outside of businesses and what they felt of what happened overnight and what needs to be done now to ensure this doesn't happen again as a lot of people looking for answers this morning and indeed we'll be discussing uh, and we did discuss this over the summer months and it's why residents on the magazine road they want landlords and agents to include a clause in the rented agreements that no house parties would be allowed in their particular homes that are more to come between 12 and 1 here on Cork Today at C103 Just an update from Cork County Council on what's happening on our roads at the moment and what they're dealing with uh, flooding which was reported earlier at McCroom and Ballyvorney the river has burst its banks at Halfway House in Kilimanjaro. that flooding now has been cleared from that area in McCroom and also affecting Ballyvorney and also Cork County Council they're currently monitoring the river Blackwater uh, as well as Park Road in Mallow uh, this is because of what could uh, occur there with flooding the barriers remain in place in Mallow and for my with regards to flooding as the council monitored the river Blackwater this morning also 
Another landslide has been reported at the Crossbarry Begley's Forge. Uh, council crews are investigating there at the moment and the Bally Duff to Fermoy Road at the Kilworth Junction uh, that's currently closed expected to open later today. Also, uh, the Jersey cable car uh, that is closed today and will operate only when wind speeds permit. Uh, so for the moment, Jersey cable car is closed and the Skibbereen to the Manway Road is closed at the machinery yard. Uh, just an update there on what's happening from Cork County Council. Also on text, uh, that tree is still down on the Fermoy to Taller Road. And again, uh, there is a large electricity fault in the Mitchellstown area this morning. We'll keep you up to date across the day here at C103. Good afternoon to you. I like Lines are open 1850-333-103. Bernie and Sadie taking your calls this afternoon. Or indeed, you can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. You can tweet this afternoon at C103 Cork. As Storm Francis crosses the county at the moment, we have a number of roads uh, that have been impacted by flooding uh, across the morning. Here's an update on those. First of all, at the Skibbereen to Demanway Road, that is closed at the machinery yard. And flooding now has been cleared from the N22 at McCroom and Ballyvorney Bush. The river has burst its banks at the halfway house at Kilnamatra and the council are also monitoring the river Blackwater as well as the Park Road in Mallow. The flood barriers remain in place as a precautionary measure because of the level of the Blackwater but the council are monitoring the river Blackwater at the moment and moving elsewhere to North Cork the Ballyduff to Fermoy Road at the Kilworth Junction that is closed at the moment but is expected to reopen later today. I mentioned earlier about the Jersey cable car that is closed but uh, hopefully will operate again later, later today when the high winds ease at the moment the winds are very high along our coast moving now from West Cork along to the coast of East Cork and that will continue uh, for the early part of the afternoon but the Jersey Island cable car uh, that does remain closed uh, until it's safe to reopen the cable car later maybe in the afternoon and also there is a number of electricity out just as well across the county in Crosshaven and Mitchellstown at the moment and the ESB networks are working and monitoring those at the moment if there's a, if you're wondering why you don't have electricity in Crosshaven or indeed in Mitchellstown that is the reason why we're also getting calls in from people in Black Rock uh, this morning Black Rock area of Cork City their water they're saying is um, discoloured or coming up brown no not sure of the reason why that is but sometimes in this situation if there's an outage of electricity somewhere that can uh, lead to water being switched off as well but that might not be the case at all but anyhow we'll try to look into that and see why that situation is happening in Black Rock. Now more of your calls and comments coming in. I'll get to the flooding issues shortly and also to those who are waiting for an operation and a procedure here in the Cork area but uh, earlier on on, in the show we did mention about Phil Hogan of course the ongoing controversy with regards to Golfgate and in the last 30 minutes the European Commission has given Phil Hogan until 1 o'clock Irish time to complete his report on his movements in Ireland surrounding the Clifton Golf Dinner and now there's been so much talk of this over the last number of days because while you thought you had the full story when it came to Phil Hogan you didn't 
realise something else has come out and something else has changed and uh, for example this morning uh, while earlier he did say he wasn't Kildare during the lockdown it's led now to him coming out again saying that he did make a second visit to Kildare uh, during the lockdown and that's why maybe the Commission uh, and the European Commission have come out asking uh, for the report by one o'clock today on his movements as the story keeps changing uh, because we did know that he did visit Kildare initially to collect personal belongings and work items the first time uh, this happened he was stopped by Gardaí for using uh, his mobile phone he was cautioned but now again overnight we've learned that he made a second visit uh, to Kildare uh, to collect items again and sources indicated that uh, Mr Hogan would not be responding to a demand from the Taoiseach Michal Martin to give a full explanation of his movements but seemingly he may have to do that uh, for the European Commission. Anyhow we will see what happens and what the outcome is this afternoon of course while many are saying he should go some farming groups are saying he should stay because of the negotiations that are underway when it comes to trade deals for Brexit and on that a texter here is saying well you asked earlier if Phil Hogan should stay or go he broke the law and not for the first time. A lot has happened while he was commissioner as well. So I feel at this stage he should go, says that particular texter. Another texter says, uh, Phil Hogan, of course he should go for what he did. Plus more because look at the lockdown. The rest of us all obeying the lockdown. Yet he thinks he's above the rest of us and he's not obeying the lockdown rules, uh, says that particular texter. Uh, another texter here says I think Phil Hogan should go like others everyone can be replaced no matter how good they are or how good they consider themselves to be he needs to leave uh, and another texter here no name on this one but says if Phil Hogan of course should go if I got caught with my mobile phone I'd be fined and get penalty points so it's one law for the elite and another law for us he can travel where he likes I'm staying at home and doing the bare necessities uh, he is is he isolating when he's coming back I don't think so get rid of him now says that particular texter and Pat saying yes he must go remember Phil when he came on TV and told us he would follow us into our graves for the money for water yes get rid of him and all that gang and his gang of politicians or maybe that type of politicians says Pat on text to 0862103103 your views welcome on that and we'll have more updates I'm sure across the afternoon on the outcome from that report he submits and that he has to submit by one o'clock today to the European Commission Will they make a decision today? Will they make a decision tomorrow? We'll have to wait and see what happens across the course of the afternoon and evening. On the issue of flooding of course we spoke at length earlier on the show on the flooding overnight in Bantry and Bandon. A lot of questions being asked in Bandon this morning on why parts of the town flooded considering the amount of work that has been carried out in Bandon and the disruption to traffic and businesses over the last number of years still flooding occurring in some parts of the town. And we heard a very emotional businessman earlier who feels that this happens again. He will just have to close his doors. He cannot keep cleaning and redoing his shop up because of flooding. And it's happened numerous times over the last number of years that he just feels he can continue with the disruption to business because of the traffic for the works and now more flooding. He feels if it happens again, that's it. So on that, a lot of people have questions and a lot of people asking as well about Bantry and what can happen with Bantry. Now we did speak to the senior engineer with Cork County Council Aidan Weir on that and they are looking at a flood relief scheme for Bantry uh, and what can be done there in the meantime. Well on that John says 
1986, Bantry was badly flooded and the Understreet River burst up in New Street. The same thing happened last night. This river runs from the library down Bridge Street and New Street under the square to the sea. Surely, in the last 34 years, this river should have been reculfed reconverted, uh, says John, at this stage. Well, it's something that Aidan Weir did mention and that they're working on, but you're right, John. I mean, this is new and if this has happened before, as you say, it should have been looked at then like so many other towns. Now, was the money there then? I'm not too sure. Was it pushed to go ahead then? Uh, but if it's happened before and locals know the reasoning behind this, you would wonder why this wasn't looked at considering the heavy rainfalls we are getting now over the last five to six years and how flood relief schemes are happening in other towns nearby to Bantry. Uh, on this as well, a texter saying we had a drought last year and a hose pipe ban earlier this year. I wonder can a new reservoir be built around the country and a pipeline from the likes of Ardner Crusher to this rather than letting water off at times when there is a danger of overflowing. This adds to more flooding and it may help in times of drought also. Uh, poses that particular text. Well, we are going to hear uh, from those in Bandon. Uh, our reporter, our senior news reporter Fiona Cochran is in Bandon this morning and into this afternoon and she's speaking to people who've been affected and their views of what happened because a lot of anger uh, coming from Bandon, the fact after, after everything that was promised and after all the work's done and I know the works aren't completed fully as yet uh, but this is the last thing uh, people want to see happening because of the promises they were given so uh, we'll hear from uh, Fiona shortly and the people she spoke to across the morning in Bandon we spoke then to Paddy O'Brien earlier on the show and this was regarding the cataract surgeries, hip surgeries and others. There's a waiting list in Cork for these particular surgeries. People uh, I know there's the, the cataract bus as it's called that travels to Belfast and brings people from Cork and all other areas of Munster to Belfast but some people feel that they're not well enough to travel on this bus and they feel that the journey could be too long and Paddy has been speaking and hearing from elderly people who feel they're too weak to travel that particular journey for an operation Uh, but on that it did open up the debate on how long people are waiting for a cataract operation or indeed a hip operation here in the Cork area and how the public waiting lists are increasing on that a person texts and saying I am waiting for a cataract operation for nearly three years and hearing nothing at the moment Mary says how much does it cost to send someone to Belfast the HSC should be able to do it cheaper than what it's costing to send people to Belfast they are always complaining they don't have enough money why pay over the odds to send people then to Belfast if they are refunding them the money Mary's friend went to Belfast and got very ill on the bus going up there and coming home Mary says that older people should not be put through this and where did all the money come from for the 350 euros per week for the Covid payments for those people but yet that money cannot be invested into our health service. Well, on that, and I know there's other texts coming in asking how much does it cost to go and get the actual surgery privately done in Kingsbridge in Belfast. I can tell you from the information they provide us, it costs roughly between two and a half to three thousand pounds sterling. So roughly you're talking about around €3,000 if not more for that particular operation. Now you do go through a particular scheme where you get refunded but 
overall that is the price of going private so uh, th- that is what you're looking at cost wise Mary if you were deciding to do that now what happens is people do take out loans from their bank or credit union and then they when they get the money refunded to them under that scheme uh, they get the money and they repay back the bank or the credit union uh, and that's how most people do it but obviously enough maybe not everybody is in that particular position to go along and get a loan either uh, or borrow money so uh, Mary that's the, the rough cost anyhow uh, that you would have uh, to pay to go privately to Belfast and get that particular procedure done while Patrick in Ballonhasic he got his hip done two years ago uh, here in the Republic and he says he is no better than he was he would have been better off going up north to get his hip done he also has a cataract to be treated but he does not know where he stands with that at the moment because of COVID-19 his last appointment was cancelled says Patrick so that's just some of the texts coming in regarding that issue uh, to do with those who are waiting for surgery here in the Cork area let us know if you're like those in the same position 1853 333103 text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 on the way we're going to return to Bandon and hear uh, how people in Bandon are feeling this morning we heard first of all earlier from business people uh, on how they were feeling we'll hear uh, from others in the town uh, our senior news reporter Fiona Corcoran spent the morning in Bandon and we'll hear from people on their feeling on what happened there overnight also we're going to speak to the residents of the Magazine Road because they want landlords or letting agents to include a clause in the new rental agreements they release and they want a clause of no house parties in those particular letting arrangements ahead of the new college year that and more to come The C103 Cork Diary with Cork County Council supporting businesses supporting communities serving Cork visit corkcoco.ie and World Suicide Prevention Day that is on Thursday the 10th of September it's going ahead with the Charnival Suicide Awareness Group who are asking people to light a candle in remembrance of those who have passed away and also for their family and friends and Chapel Hill School of Art in McCroom they will have an open day on August the 29th at 1pm which will have free kids workshops as well as many other artistic attractions Record today on C103 text or what WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 103 And just returning to the issue in Bandon regarding flooding overnight after the works completed and well nearly completed as part of the flood relief scheme areas abandoned such as Bridge Street and Brady's Lane flooded again overnight. We heard earlier from businesses who were affected by the flooding and how angry they are and they want answers now to what happened overnight. And of course a lot of work has been done uh, with walls being erected in the town and work on the Bandon River. Just some more comments that have come in regarding that. First of all, Dan says, uh, we were speaking earlier with Senator Tim Lumbert and others and he said, surely they have noticed the trend now with these wall schemes in various areas. We need to look at alternative solutions and learn from other countries. Too many problems with maintenance when it comes to these wall schemes. And Larry says, the OPW wrecked the Bandon River, heavy machinery working illegally in the river during salmon spawning season they were dredging and they were doing a lot more and large sections of the river have been destroyed Kin says what they have done here is an absolute disgrace they have worked in the river for the last number of years 
And now we still see flooding in Bandon today. All the work that has gone on over the last number of years, traffic problems every day, shops losing business over the upheaval of all of this, and still it hasn't worked, says Ken. While Kayleigh says this is an absolute disgrace, what did all the money they got, where did all that go to, and why hasn't it worked? I think at this stage, an itemised list of all payments for all the jobs must be published, and let's see then who is responsible. Or is this another mistake by our state says Kaylee on text 0862103103 where we as I mentioned we heard earlier from people living in Bandon affected and businesses affected by the flooding our senior news reporter Fiona Corcoran spent the morning in Bandon and spoke to others who were affected by the overnight flooding Philip McLaughlin from McLaughlin's on Bridge Street um, not sure exactly uh, how it happened but I think there was a, a block up of the the, uh, the river and drains up in the Bridewell River and then it comes up through the drains at Hickey's Corner. So again, uh, more flooding on this street and uh, Hark goes out to Hickey's and, and, and Warren Allen there as well. We got away lightly because um, I suppose out back was, was uh, it, it, the water and sewage came up so we're, we're out there clearing now at the moment but thankfully no, no real damage was done, you know. But for the guys, just same again, deja vu, you know. It's just not acceptable, um, the amount of money that was um, pumped into uh, the, the flood works and it, it just seems like what they've done hasn't been effective and um, Bandon is already on its knees and we just don't need, we don't need this again and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just not acceptable. Thankfully, both contractors are in the area and so they'll have to, they'll have to sort it. Like, the amount of money that was pumped in, um, you know... The, the amount of works that was going on, you know, it, it's tough enough. We, we, we're kind of when we see the work's been done, people complain maybe that there's so much works go, uh, going on. But for me, that's progress. And but the, the fact that it actually isn't working, that that's the big worry there, you know. So um, yeah, it's it's hugely disappointing. It's just not acceptable, really, you know. So we're open today. Yeah, yeah, we're just clearing away out the back. So. Uh, business as usual. I'm Eric Hickey from uh, the Hickey shop in Bandon. We've been in business here in Bandon for the last ooh, 100 years as well, that kind of thing. But the, the, this, this is um, a regular occurrence, unfortunately. It is, and that the uh, we, um, this, uh, we we can't blame the river on this occasion because what happened is that the shores have backed up. The shores have blocked up and that they couldn't take the force of water last night. There was a heavy downpour there from about 10, 11 o'clock last night, and um, the, the shore just couldn't take it. And they had backed up, and we, we are very grateful for the county council and the fire brigade, the Gardaí, and our local councillors, who, uh, who were all on the sea very fast, and, you know, thankfully there's no harm done, and that uh, we are open this morning for business again, and everything ready. Ready to go again. But has there been any flood damage to the property here? Not, not on this occasion, no, we haven't. We are lucky because we, we do school books and this is really uh, the wrong time to have anything happen, you know. Uh, but that's uh, partially that didn't happen, that uh, everything is bone dry and ready to go and we will we, we fulfil all of this. Hopefully, as expected. <laughs> it was heartbreaking to be here last night at midnight um, in people's kitchens uh, with two inches of water in their kitchens. Um, here to watch Hickey's brushing out water while they said there was no flood damage and there wasn't. They did get water in on their floor, but they're so used to that now. 
that that's you know it, it they don't count it as flood damage and you see a dehumidifier here working to dry out the the, the floor so um it is important that I think now for these premises, for these families, that a package, an emergency package, to compensate them for loss of earnings um, and also to defray the costs of drying out the floors, um, replacing appliances in a home across across the street here. Um, their washing machine, their dishwasher was um, impacted by, by flood waters. So I have called on Taoiseach Micheál Martin to put in place an emergency package, um, perhaps administered by the Irish Red Cross. There is a precedent for that in the, pa- in the past and it worked very, very well. And I think for family businesses in Bandon, in Bantry, across County Cork, who have been affected by this flash flooding, I think it's imperative that they get um, monies to compensate them for this for this damage. Because a lot of places in Bandon don't even have flood protection. Absolutely. There is no insurance. Um, these buildings are not covered by insurance. Um, they've been flooded time and time and time again, and no insurance company will um, will cover them. So these repairs will have to come out of their own pockets, and that's simply unsustainable, you know, year after year after year. And that is why I've called on the Taoiseach um, to provide this emergency assistance package for these businesses and families who are affected, because these are family businesses and family homes. And that was Councillor Gillian Coughlin there speaking uh, to our senior news reporter Fiona Corcoran on uh, the flooding last night in Bandon along with other businesses who were affected by that overnight flooding. And texter here says, how many times have they done the Bandon flood relief scheme? Is this the third time someone's made a heap of money off the taxpayer, the councils, the OPW, the contractors and still the people of Bandon and others in the area are suffering with no results of benefit. So who is looking over this well yes there has been an attempt to over a number of years to try and sort the flooding issue in Bandon I suppose what you see over the last two or three years in the town is the flood relief scheme the, the biggest project uh, that anybody has seen in that town with regards to flooding uh, over the last number of years but you're right I mean this is something that has been done now, it isn't finished yet, this particular project, so they are still working on it. Uh, but I think what has happened this morning, people are asking questions about the level of rainfall that fell and was everything in place or was everything able uh, to deal with that. Anyhow, I'm sure we'll hear answers hopefully this afternoon or tomorrow from the OPW because that's where everybody, every time I ask a question, is go back to the OPW. So I presume it's the OPW we'll be hearing from later or indeed tomorrow on that. We did speak to Cork County Council earlier who gave us an insight uh, into what they think was the cause of this and what could have happened but we'll hopefully hear more later this afternoon from the OPW and Irish Water who were also carrying out drainage works and sewerage works in the town as well and regarding Phil Hogan Margaret in Kilmurray says people should not be wasting their time talking about Hogan nothing will be done he will get away with it they get away with everything uh, where else would it happen whereas we would not get away with it uh, says Margaret in in Kilmurray on 1850 On the way, we'll hear why residents on the Magazine Road want landlords and letting agents to include a clause of no house parties in new letting agreements ahead of a new college year. Discussing that next. Record today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. As the college year begins, and while some courses it would see may be online this year, some will also be within the lecture halls. And residents on the Magazine Road area of the city and nearby are asking landlords and letting agents to tell new tenants house parties would be in breach of letting agreements due to COVID-19. One of those residents is Catherine Clancy and she joins me this afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Catherine. 
Good afternoon, good afternoon. Now, this is something that has been discussed at length over the summer. The college year is starting. As I mentioned, some online, some in the college. You are going mm-hmm. to, at this time of the year, though, have a turnover of tenancy as the summer residents leave and the students move in. And yeah, and we've seen that now in the last uh, weekend, you know, tenants moving, our students moving out and students moving in all week. So I suppose, you know, we had a difficult summer um, and particularly during the COVID-19 and the and the lockdown party. So what we really want to be um, assured of and, you know, so that we won't actually have an upset in September, October when the new uh, students move in is that we're a very simple request but will make a difference to all our lives is that landlords will now include in the letting uh, agreement a clause that says very, very clearly that if there are house parties, that it will result in the end of the letting and the termination of that letting. And we we have to point out that it isn't all students are doing this. It's only a a minority of them. But that minority is affecting those who are living long term on the road with lack of sleep and not able to function properly. Then the next day at work and nothing worse than that. Have you said this to landlords in the area? Have have, you approached letting agents? We have well, we haven't approached letting agents, but we will be writing to letting agents as well, or letting them know. Like, but I think even you know, it's um, it's something really that landlords should be coming up with even themselves, because as I say, a lot of landlords are very compliant and they always have been with good relationship with them as a residents association, you know. And particularly, I suppose, since we had that court case during the summertime, we have you know worked very hard with landlords to um, make the situation more uh, comfortable for all of us and respecting each other as well, you know. So, but there are a cohort of landlords and there are a cohort of houses that we could actually, you know, pick out at random where there is continually being parties. So we're asking these landlords in particular to be, you know, when they are doing their lettings for in the next week or two, to clearly say within that uh, letting agreement that there will be, um, if there are house parties, that there will be uh, a reason for eviction in that. Because what happened, you know, when we spoke to one of these two or two landlords during the summer, they said, like, you know, that they weren't in a position to uh, to end uh, a letting because of the COVID nineteen lockdown parties, but if it's now in the in the actual letting agreement, that makes it very very clear. And I think as well as that, you know what I mean. There is a responsibility uh, to landlords and how they uh, let their properties, and also a responsibility for the people coming in there. These houses, before we even start, many of them will have up to ten people inside them. So, like you have an issue straight away, I suppose, and it just shows how badly regulated the whole area of. Um, of rented private rented properties are like if you had an Airbnb or if you had a hotel or if you had um, a hostel you would have regulations about how many people you can leave in but as far as the houses are concerned there's no regulation so we could have some houses in our area that will have 10 people from different units and which is even more frightening we could have people sharing rooms which really, like, you know, we've asked landlords not to do that as well, I suppose, you know, to, for the safety and public health of everybody and particularly for the people that are moving into those houses. And we would, I suppose, as parents to be aware of that as well, like, you know, in the sharing of rooms. And so before you ever start, you have a cluster inside in those houses. So what we're asking landlords to play their part to uh, respect our community and um, respect our concerns about public health, particularly in the COVID-19. So that we can all, I suppose, get into this, uh, the uh, September, October uh, feeling uh, not anxious 
and happy to share our community with students. And can you see, because you mentioned there, share the community with students. I mean, over the years, we've spoken to many people who have uh, shared their homes and shared their, their, their home next door with students very well. The students would have even yeah. gone shopping for them. So there is a good relationship yeah. with locals there. But can you see it from there the is. landlord's point of view, whereby they take the person in good faith. And if the person says, no, we're not going to have house parties. And then they hear mm. from you a few days time. Can you see it from the landlords whereby they think the person they're bringing in is actually going to be well behaved and then it turns out they're not and they're caught in with that particular situation especially this year with COVID. Yeah absolutely and that's why we're asking and like you know we did have uh, conversations with um, landlords during the year or during the summer and when the opportunity when the, you know after giving them the 28 days notice they did and the tendencies but what we're saying you know clearly you know because we're in an epidemic and we all have to work together and particularly we don't want clusters in our area you know that um, and Cork is doing very well as far as Covid you know compared to other parts of the country what you'll have is you'll have students coming to the city that'll be from all parts of the country all parts of the country so we all need to be mindful and we all have to take whatever measures that we can to protect each other and I suppose in the interest of public health so we're just asking landlords to put in that clause and like, you know, we are hoping in the long term that there will be government legislation around the letting of, uh, you know, these private uh, houses and to do with COVID-19 parties, because at the moment there is no regulation or no protection for uh, us as residents. And, um, you know, we did hear even during the week last week there, now where people saying it would be very difficult to put in legislation to do with private homes. But these aren't private homes, these are private businesses. It's the business of letting uh, to students and, you know, they need to act responsibly as uh, business people and they need to protect uh, their tenants that are going in there, but they also need to protect, you know, put, take measures and they have a duty to take measures to protect the neighbours as well. And are you worried about Freshers' Week, which I, I would presume is not going ahead officially this year mm. because of everything going on mm. with relation mm. to COVID-19, but still uh, the atmosphere will be there for especially the newer students who have, I suppose, maybe are leaving a rural area, moving to a big city. Uh, it's the first time away from home. You just initially feel that you should be parting. Are, are you worried there in, in the area Magazine Road, College Road in that particular area around, uh, of that? Around areas around UCC but in the end of the day we're in a different time, you know what I mean? We would um, I know there's a meeting with UCC uh, next week and they'll be making decisions on Freshers' Week but we would take it as a given at this stage that Freshers' Week isn't going ahead. But by the way, Freshers' Week are not, you know, and students and it is a very exciting time to be coming to the city, particularly for many people like, you know but we have to all of us make uh, tough decisions. All of us have to act responsibly because this is going to be with us for a very long time. And really, you know, we can't as residents put down um, the summer that we put down and we just want landlords to include us. We recognise that for students, it, you know, it isn't their usual type of year that they'll be having. But at the same time, you know, um, we have to take uh, measures to prevent the spread of COVID-19 and that responsibility lies with me, it lies with you, it lies with landlords and it lies with with young people as well. And what happens then, Catherine, for example, a landlord rents out his home in good faith to a number of people, all different backgrounds. You might have a situation whereby you have uh, two people who came in together to the particular house, three others Mm -hmm. who are all random and none of them know each other, but obviously they get to know each other like we all did while uh, renting for college and work. And they all get on fine. They then decide to have a house party because even though Freshers' Week is cancelled, they're having yeah. their own type of Freshers' Week. Do you then contact the landlord and, and say, well, this, this has happened? Uh, how, yeah. how does that work out? And then he kicks well, them out. How does that work? 
Well, first of all, like, you know, with COVID regulations at the moment, you can't have more than six people, you know, in and they have to be from three households. Mm. So we But are they going to obey by that? That's the thing. Well, we didn't see that during the summer. We didn't see it during the summer. Or lockdown even. Like, we didn't see it, no. And what we're saying is now we're talking to parents as well. Parents as well to, you know, in the end of the day, parents, young people, older people, every age group and all communities need to work together to um, prevent the spread of COVID-19. It's a difficult time and um, we have sympathy and empathy for people that aren't going to experience what they thought they're going to experience. But we as residents have to feel safe in our homes and it's a measure that we feel that landlords have to put in place and letting agents that there will be no COVID-19. We believe, in, you know, maybe in, in a couple of months' time we might have legislation around it, but in the meantime we need, you know, to for landlords and young people to behave and act responsibly. Stay safe themselves, keep safe, but also, you know, to have, not have us as a community feeling anxious as we are at the moment, you yeah. know what I mean? So that clause, and I've met landlords over the last couple of days, you know, who are, and we speak and we build up relationships as best we can. You know, they're in the business of uh, netting houses and uh, but the ones that I have spoken to have said that they have for the first time included it in their clause but if they haven't we're asking them to do it because it protects us. It protects them as well if there is an issue in the house that they then can take measures to, uh, you know, to uh, to deal with it uh, and to deal with the tenants that are, you know, breaking, first of all, I suppose, COVID-19 uh, compliance, our regulations, and putting us all in danger. And, um, as I say, with the business of letting two students uh, comes a responsibility, no matter what business. If you have a sweet shop in the morning and you're, you know, you're running that sweet shop, you have to have regulations around how people enter and go in and out that house. We need landlords to put in place regulations and themselves and to put protections in place for the students going in there but also for the community around. And while the landlords might welcome this new clause in the contracts uh, it's then really up to the landlords to remove those particular students or whoever's in the house if they do disobey and do have a house party are you confident then that landlords will go ahead and do this if you say uh, this particular number of a house has had two house parties in the last two days are you confident they will tell people sorry you've broken the lease go? Well, we're hoping that landlords will act responsibly. We have landlords all around us that do act responsibly. But for those reckless ones and those ones that haven't come on board during the summer, they now have a duty and an obligation because of COVID-19 particularly, to, you know, run their houses in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a way that protects the people that are living in them, but also protects us as a community. OK, Catherine, we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see suppose, what happens over the next number She's of weeks thought, with yeah. regards to this yeah. anyhow. Uh, but yeah. for the moment, thanks for joining us and, and uh, best of luck and mind yourself. OK, thank Take you. Take care. Bye. Catherine Clancy, they are resident on the magazine Road on what they want now from landlords as they approach the new college season. And a texter here says, what do they expect the students to do to socialise? They can't go to the pubs now. They want to stop house parties. I suppose this texter says they'll have to go on golf outings. Mm-hmm. Final comment today comes from Eileen in Mitchellstown who says for all the businesses in Bandon and Bantry and Skibbereen and all the others affected by the floods over the last number of days, she
she feels now those businesses should be exempt from rates maybe from here on they should be exempt from those rates they pay to Cork County Council says Eileen in Mitchellstown on WhatsApp to 0862103103 uh, that tree we told you about earlier of course Storm Francis uh, going across Cork at the moment affecting many areas be careful if you're driving this afternoon but that fallen tree that was down on the Fermoy to Mallow Road near Ballyhooley that has now been removed but again if you are on the roads take care I can tell you the Charles Force that is now closed and can sail due to high winds and also the flooding remains on the Skibbereen to the Manway Road which is closed at Machinery Yard and also flooding has been cleared from the McCroom and Ballyvorney Road but also the council are watching the River Blackwater this afternoon uh, stay safe on the roads I'm John Paul McNamara Even on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks Italian leather jackets and so much more and the best part about Quince they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe ethical and responsible manufacturing Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.